Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my freezing co-host, Mina <laughs> Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Um, if you guys are listening to this in real time, it is February 2019, and we, like, we're just not coming out of the cold around here. All kinds of cold everywhere. <laughs> everywhere we turn, we just got notifications on both our phones that the kids might be out again, like third week in a row. And, and, and we keep saying where I am in New Jersey, it's like, okay, let's just have like a nice snow day where we can go sledding and really enjoy, <laughs> enjoy um, the outside. But instead, it just keeps being these like giant snowstorms of crazy. So hopefully you guys are warm listening to this and let's jump in. This is a really exciting episode. We love doing podcast episodes on things we are constantly seeing in our masterminds. This has come up time and time again, no matter what level, you know, if they're in startup, five figure, six figure, they've all asked us in some sort of way, do you think that I need more products to add to my business or more products in my collection, I guess, usually? And typically we'll listen. And then say, <laughs> no. Uh, no. Or probably not. I don't think so. <laughs> probably not. Um, so we're going to go over three reasons why you should not be adding more products to your business. But before we do that, we just wanted to jump in. Not sure if you guys have heard, but we are launching a really super special day this month in February 2019. And it is a planning like a product boss day. It is a virtual retreat that we are offering our listeners and the people who work with us to be able to jump in and work two to one with Mina and myself plus some other product bosses because we have a really long wait list for our mastermind and our masterminds are not opening up again until September. So we wanted to give you all an opportunity to work with us and dig into your businesses. So should we tell them a little bit about it? Yeah. The reason why we came up with planning like a product boss was because that's the most popular, if you know, or one of the most popular ones on our podcast about planning. And we feel like that's such a big thing. Um, when you're a product boss, you don't set aside time for you to work on your business instead of in your business. So this gives you a way to work with us for four hours where we're working on a huge goal. It's, you know, if not huge, it, it's something that we, we can break down into the next 30 days. So we're calling it our 30-day goal. And then by the end of the four hours with us, you're actually walking away with an action plan that we've helped you break down into, you know, bite-sized tasks and then also trackable metrics that you can say, okay, I, I figured it out and I'm, I know what to do. And then also I know if I reached it or not. So if you want to know whether you're right or not for this, first, I want to say we are working with everybody at all levels of business. So it is, as long as you have an idea, it's from startup through, you know, seven figure businesses. But these are the questions I'm going to ask. And if you say yes to any of them, you are perfect. So are you feeling stuck? 
Do you need some help staying focused? Are you uncertain of what to do next? Or do you have big goals, but no plan? So if you said yes to any of those, or you just want to, you know, spend some time with me and myself um, on a virtual retreat, we are here to do this with you. So this is what you're getting. It's four hours with us. It's on February 27th. And it is from, um, let's see, we keep saying it between Central Standard Time and <laughs> Eastern. But I'm going to say it from uh, Eastern Standard Time. It's from 10 a.m. Or sorry, Eastern Standard Time is from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on February the 27th. And we're meeting online. And you're going to get quick fire hot seats with coaching from myself and Mina. There's going to be a built-in work session to create your plan with us. Uh, you have a th- we're going to help you break down into 30-day goals. And you can take what we teach you and move it into other months if needed. You're going to get a group setting with only product bosses, a 12-page planning workbook, and um, also there will be a bonus. So if you're interested in joining this with us, head over to theproductboss.com slash planning. We'll put the link in the show notes. There are limited spots available. So if you are into this idea and it is only a few weeks away, go and grab your spot right now. Yeah. And and remember, you can show up in your PJs if you want to. So this is all online and it, it will be a really fun session. Also, I wanted to give some really quick ideas of what a 30-day goal looks like so people have an idea of what they could come to the table with. So here's some ideas that I just had come up with. You can lay out a pre-launch plan you can increase your visibility. You can get onto Amazon or another platform. You can hone in on your ideal customer and how to market specifically to them. You can figure out your best pitch in emails or let's say pitching to wholesale. And you can lay out your line sheets and approach boutiques for wholesale. So those are just some examples. It does not have to be those, but it gives you an idea of what you can accomplish in that session of four hours with us and also breaking down plans to do exactly those 30-day goals. So we would love, love, love to work with you. If you want to work with us, we want to work with you, head on over to theproductboss.com slash planning and grab your spot and let's work together. Yeah. So should we dig right in? Yes. So three things that you guys need to consider or three reasons why adding product to your business is not necessarily the right move. Okay. So we want you guys to consider your the cost, the time, and the quality of what's going to unfold if you're going to add new product to your business. Yeah. So these are kind of like the gateways they, that the idea will have to flow through in order for it to be a, yes, let's add the product to our roster of many things that we have going on. Yeah. So let's jump into cost because that tends to be a huge thing for our, for our listeners, for our clients, for our masterminders. So oftentimes the biggest reason why people decide that they want to add product to their business, like new product development, is that they want to get more sales right? Yeah. In theory, they think that if they bring in more product or they develop more product that it'll bring in more people so they can get their eyes on like the main product or their whole collection and they'll end up making gangbuster sales. But it's actually quite the opposite. Product development costs money. So now no matter what, you're having to pull that money where you could instead put it towards like a bestseller, you're having to pull it for product development. So we have a client that is, she's making a product. She's a singular product and um, her, she actually had a hot seat question and it was, you know, should I add more product to my line so that I can get more sales? And after we heard her out, we said, 
No. <laughs> so, this, so this is the thing. It's a newer product and she has been growing month over month. And so obviously something that she's doing is working really well for her, I, mainly on Amazon. So she's really starting to see that traction. Um, probably about three, four months. And now she's starting to see traction and she's doubled her sales month over month. Well, then she's talking about adding on a new product. So sometimes that misconception is that people think that if you add a new product, it will add, it will bring people into your business in a different way. It'll like lead them to you and then they can buy the main product. And that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. It's like when people want to add like a tote because they want to sell a, you know, shawl or they, you know, add the shawl because they want to sell the blouse. Um, The theory is that you hit more price points and then that those people come in through different gateways or different funnels. So, okay. So going back to the, to the um, client that does the month over month, she's doing better on Amazon, right? Uh So instead of adding a new product and then having to, especially in Amazon, build out a new product on Amazon and pay-per-clicks and whatnot, we were telling her that take that money that you'd want to put it. So something is working and -hmm. take that money that you'd want to put into um, her, into adding new product and go deep on, on that one product. So she sees that it's working. Can she add more money to pay-per-click? Can she spend more time building what's working versus getting distracted by something else? It's going to pull your energy. It's going to pull your attention. It's going to take money away versus really trying to build something, something that might have potential to grow really quickly for her. Yeah, it's optimizing her listing on Amazon when, you know, when she's talking about adding a product, it's hard to know what specifically the data means when you have too many products on there. Whereas if you have one, you know what keywords are working and what keywords are not working, what photos are great and what photos are not great. Um, Things you can add like video or things you can learn, someone you can hire to handle your pay-per-click ads in Amazon, whereas you're putting the money towards that expert and you're not putting it towards a new product that it's only going to do mediocre because it has to start over in the Amazon world. And that's even outside of Amazon, right? That's on your website too, where something has to gain its own traction in order for you to really sell really well on it. And people are always going to give you their opinion. So it's like, oh, I would love it if you made me a tote because I just bought that shawl. Well, that's great. That's nice for them. But it doesn't mean that they're they're all of the customers. It doesn't mean that it's a similarly aligned product. It doesn't mean that they come to you. So another client of ours sells baby things. Um, And so whether you're going to add, so she actually had done this. And so we're talking about actually pulling back. So she had baby clothes, baby chew toys, um, baby shoes. And then the thing is, is like, is the customer arriving at the website looking for baby shoes? If she came in there for teethers, maybe not. And so you've paid all this money to add, to add photos, um, to optimize listings. If you're doing anything sort of like Uh, Facebook ads, whatever you're doing, and you're distracting and taking your energy away versus being like, oh, baby teethers and baby clothes are the thing that people are buying from us. We always think we have to add to something and add other product categories. If it needs another link on your website, you go to shop and you need to put in another link. It's not a variation of something, but it's adding like a whole new link. Really consider, do I really need this? Yeah. And, and you know what? You could, if you really wanted to, you could do more of a lower, you could add a digital product that helps with your product, you know, like a checklist or a, a little guide that goes with it to see if you can make that product more valuable 
in your consumer, your customer, your consumer's mind, rather than adding to the collection that you think that you're serving a need for them when actually you're just um, creating more costs for yourself as a small business owner. So, so we were talking about costs in terms of what it's going to cost, what you're going to have to spend to add more product, but let's talk about how you can save. So oftentimes people are, I mean, product people, you all know this, are pretty tight on cash because you've got your money wrapped up in inventory, right? And so oftentimes selling through inventory is what's going to get the cash flow needed to make the next round of something. So another option to consider is if you go deep on a product versus wide on lots of products is that you only have to buy, you know, uh, raw goods, raw materials for one or two types of products. Um, also, if you really focus on selling one or two things or whatever your core, whatever your core products are, if you really focus on that, you're saving money on all this other stuff. So some examples of that for clients that we've worked with would be like, we have someone in food and they have lots of flavors of food, right? They have lots of flavors of, um, like a, of a, like a candy bar. So they have lots of candy bar flavors, but they have two that sell really, really well. And so instead of adding on all these different candy bar flavors, if they just went with the two that do really, really well, if they're tight on cash and sell the heck out of that, then they can really start to build that cash flow that they need to then go back into making some other flavors and adding other flavors in. Yeah. And that's because they're hitting the minimum order quantity at a higher level and getting reduced raw goods in the very beginning. So they're able to, you know, just produce more at a lower cost per unit. And it makes it a lot easier for them. Also, one of the things that we saw one of our masterminders struggling with was offering the same quantity of all SKUs. Um, and she wanted to go wider instead of deeper when actually there, it's kind of like we kind of have secret favorite children. Mine, I love my baby bottle labels. I talk about them all the time. It's easier for me to sell them. Whereas my clothing labels, I find it a little bit harder. I think it just becomes easier with you as a business owner when you love what you're selling, even if it's just one product. And then you're able to sell that all day and night very naturally and very easily because those people, they get your energy. They love your vibe because they know you're passionate about your product. So I had a client come on and she wanted to make stuff for short people, like all <laughs> short women, right? There's I was whole- not expecting that. I'm not petite short women. I guess I'm a short woman. Um, no. So there's a men's, I've, I hear it on like serious radio. There's like a men's brand for like men, five, 10 and under. Right. So mm-hmm. if you find this niche, right. So let's, so she came on and she wanted to do, you know, for women, five, five and under or whatever it was. Cause on average, you usually fit close to five, seven, like a five, seven model. And that's where you base your sizing off of. So she came in and she's like, I want to make these clothes and I want to make evening gowns and bathing suits and shirts and pants and jeans. And I mean, literally list off anything that would be in somebody's closet. And she wanted to make that for shorter people. Well, I went to her and I was like, okay, all right, (laughs) that's great. One, how much money do you have? And two, um, you know, and how much do you want to spend? And two, what's like the biggest need that this this customer has? So she figured out what the biggest need that the customer had. And oftentimes it's pants, right? Instead of having to hem everything or walk on pants, like she she decided it was pants. And so it's not saying that she couldn't do lots of types of pants. It was just that she was going to pick a product and go on that. And so she ended up doing like four pairs of black types of like 
pants for this. Now in hindsight, she looks back and she's like, I feel like I should have done more colors. So more variations on those skews because then she'd have something else to sell them. So maybe if she had done it like in navy black and pink or something like that. Um, so then she would have only had four SKUs, but she would have had 16 of like these variations. Still better than adding on dresses and shirts and tops and blah, blah, blah. But she was limited in funds. So she needed to make do with what she had to bring that line out. So it's saving money and it's, and it's focusing your money. It's like really focusing hard on what, on what you're doing. And like Mina has baby bottle labels, but you've got a couple designs to them, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I have like five designs and I tried coming out with other labels too, and they don't ever do as well. It's always the variation of what I already have. Like we just came out with a transportation one, which is super cute. It's like a light blue kind of gender neutral and it's doing really well. It was always a variation of what already was doing well because it was an easy decision purchase from my customer because they're already looking for that. And then they're like, okay, what's available in this? Oh, transportation. That's new. I like that. Let me get that. So we want you to just look at your line, do your own little audit and think what's working because oftentimes people think if I throw everything at the wall, this idea and that idea and this idea, I'm going to throw it all at the wall and something's going to stick. That's what's going to make me the money. But all that stuff you're throwing on the wall is actually going to cost you a lot of money take your, like it's going to distract you versus being looking, really looking like that client we talked about that has like the singular product that she's doing well month over month over month. Did she even consider the fact that she's doubled her sales? Like she's doing well, but we're so quick. Like we really want, we really want some, we want to be overnight, you know, six figure businesses and then overnight millionaires. But really it's, when you look back at anyone that's successful, they started somewhere and you just want to make sure that there's growth month over month over month. So look back at what you're, what you're providing what's doing well. And maybe that's, that's the, that's where you focus your time right now. People want to say, I own a clothing line or I want, I own, you know, a shoe line. And it's easier for people to be like, Oh, that's a big deal. She does that for her whole life. It sustains, you know, her family's income. Um, And I think a little bit has to do with that because they feel like it's incomplete because it's so specific, but actually it's just, it's become so simple. It's just like, or I sell, baby tags for champagne bottles, you know, (laughs) this seems so simple, but it actually makes it so incredibly easy to scale when you have something that's working really well and you just need to know how to make it better. So a good example of just this happening somewhere else is like Olympic athletes, right? So sometimes you're like, what makes an Olympic athlete great? You know, why, why them? Why Michael Phelps and not someone else? Actually, I don't know when Michael Phelps was born. So that was, (laughs) (laughs) but so there's a whole study on it. And it basically is that it really depends on the time that the, that a person is born, like the time of year that they're born. Um, If they're born before or after September 1st, if they tend to be the older kid, like if they're older, um, if they're older, Yeah. So if you're older in your class, you're going to just be more advanced. And so let's say you're, you guys have seen this, like my son in kindergarten played soccer. The older kids, the ones closer to six were the quote unquote better players than the ones closer to five or whatever. And that's just because therefore it's a guess what coaches focus more 
on the better players. They just do. They encourage the better players. So it's the same with your product, right? Like your better players are going to get more encouragement. It's like Mina's favorite child is her baby bottle label (laughs) versus your clothing label, right? And so you're going to focus on the things that are easier. And so it's thinking of like, thinking of your products as like these Olympic as like how you're going to develop these Olympic athletes and where you're going to spend this time focusing and you know, focusing on something repetitively and consistently, it's just going to get better. It has to. Yeah. So let's move that into from cost into something to consider um, is timing. How else will that sort of things you should consider before you add a product on based on the time it's going to take, right? So time and money, time is money, money is time. So how much time is it going to take to even go and like adjust your website, take new product photos, you know, call up your web developer and ask them to do stuff, create blog posts, all the things you have to do that launch time, right? That time that you're talking to your customers and saying, Hey, Hey guys, I've got this new product. Pay attention over here. When maybe they were just starting to notice or realize the other stuff you were doing. And I was starting to see this when um, we were working with Creative Pencil Studio on stop motion video. And I was getting stuck giving, having to give her a script and sending her the product to photograph as well as doing the stop motion video. Then I realized, you know what? I should just have her do one on baby bottle labels. Whereas I was trying to have her do one on baby bottle labels, clothing labels, and date labels. So it would be a brand video. But you know what? All I needed to do was pull back. And it would, be, it would have been very easy for me to just promote baby bottle labels and move to a different video for the next thing. And then that is just a time saver in me thinking about it, my headspace, and her executing on what I want her to do. Going back to your golden child, it's easier yes. to think about that, right? Like you know <laughs> the things that work um, versus having to recreate the new stuff for the stuff that, not saying your other stuff doesn't work, but it's just not as easy. It doesn't flow as easy yeah. as easy to sell, right? Right. So another reason why like it would affect your timing is if you have to work with manufacturers. So if you're developing something new, you may have a new manufacturer that you have to sort of go through this process with, right? Go through product development, test out production, um, or, or, and get samples. Uh, if you need new packaging, if you need new labels, if you need to weigh out your boxes to see how much it's going to weigh to ship it, you know, all these things are going to take time away and kind of distract as you're you're focusing on the new things, right? Sourcing your new goods. That takes time finding the stuff you want to make. And then improving on what you find initially too. Like, is that the cost of raw goods that you have? And then can you reach a bigger minimum order quantity of what we were talking about with cost? You have to do it with every single product that you put onto your roster. So it becomes very complicated because you're constantly having to do the same stuff. But if you have a set number of products versus like, let's say some people have like thousands of products and it gets really hard to clear through the clutter of what they have working and what they don't have working. Mm-hmm. So we have a client that has pants and um, she ended up having to make thousands of pants because she decided to take her production overseas and make these pants and I think she had to buy into like 5,000 pants um, and she matches them back to shirts. And so now she's sitting on 4,000 pants, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's sitting on 4,000. She's selling, she was previously selling them as sets. That was and- what was in her head. 
And so the thing that she's, so the things that she's like, I wish I knew this, but she had switched her manufacturer. So she had to work with a new manufacturer. She had to work on sizing, sourcing the materials. She had to wait for things to be shipped in, which takes a while if you're bringing it in from overseas. Then she got them. Then she had to make adjustments because whatever happens when she worked at this factory overseas, they were too long. She had to make those adjustments. And so all of these things took time away from her, like took her energy and her time and cost her money, right? Because she had to pay to get these things made and adjusted and the shipping and all that. Um, And then, and so now she's trying to figure out what to do with 4,000 pairs of pants. And so it was like, should I just get rid of these and, and started a new line? Like, or get something else, another product, should I develop a new product? And I'm like, but you still have 4,000 pants. So we helped strategize for her, like, what do you do? with the 4,000 pants. Like what can you do without having to add and take more and more, more money away from your business? What can you do in a really simple executable way to these to sell more? And so we kind of, in our mastermind, we just like went through a ton of ideas for her. Yeah. And that was us reworking her unique selling point. It was, it looks differently for every product because in that, in her mind, her product was a set, but in our minds, we're thinking you have 4,000 pants you need to get rid of. So even rethinking like, how can we make those pants unique so you can sell through more of them? Mm -hmm. So thinking about that, or how can you package them or bundle them into, instead of buying one, can you get them to buy three? You know, so thinking about the ways that you can, you can get people to buy more of something. We had a client with lip gloss that was selling like one at a time. Well, no, she was selling them in a pack of four. And we're like, well, I don't know that people always buy packs of four of lip glosses unless it's like a chapstick that I'm going to give to the whole family. Can you sell in a pack of three, but raise your prices and sell the same amount or sell less of them, but higher prices, you're making the same amount of money. And so it's like considering that too. So instead of having to add like new products on, it's like taking your products, bundling them and making it a new a new package for someone to want. Yeah, it was lip balm because lip gloss, there's actually the advantage of having different colors. Sometimes you have to think, would that person prefer three or do they really need four lip balms? Are they willing to buy four lip balms? You know, are they just willing to get three because they only need three and they're cool with the costs? So, and then also if you're spending any money on Facebook ads or like targeted ads, you want to just, you want to think about that. So, I mean, this comes back to cost and timing and all that, but rediscovering who, who you're, you're targeting, if your brand message is clear. So I think the next question or the next thing to consider is just the quality, like the overall quality of what you're providing, the quality of your business, the quality of your life. Think about all of these things if you're thinking about adding a new product. The quality of your pitch too. Like we have a client that she pitched to Bed Bath & Beyond and they straight up told her, we only deal with this category. So they just wanted to know, can you meet this demand and can you manufacture this amount only for this one product? And and then it's easier for her to pitch the one product and and ensure that my quality is there, manufacturing to fulfilling to everything. So I say this in fashion, but if you're designing for everyone, you're designing for no one. People's, you know, move it into all different ways. If you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. So think about that. Like is, so the quality of your pitch, the quality of your marketing, the quality of all of that, you spend all of this time diluting your energy and to all these different subjects versus going really tight on that thing that you're selling, like being known for something, Right. Be known for something. What can people refer you out as and say like, oh, call, go to Jacqueline Amina for product-based business uh, things, you know, go to Little Labels to go get your 
baby Lavala labels because your kid's going to camp or kindergarten or preschool. So be known for something and, and be, that's the thing that you want. And you have to also shake clear of the, the clutter or like the competition. Like how do you rise above the competition, whether they're at Macy's or they're people on Etsy or they're booths at a trade show? How do you define yourself as different? Yeah, just the quality, it's like you're optimizing the quality of your whole business. You know, when we talk about the listings, when you have a killer listing on Amazon, killer listing on Etsy, wherever it is, you're able to pitch to so many different people and scale on so many different platforms because you already have that infrastructure that is doing so well. It brings value, it brings quality to the people you're working with. So think about that. Like if you have a small team or even if you're just your own team, okay, think about like the quality of your day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you start to add stuff. You have to start to manage other manufacturers. You have to start to manage other expectations, other quality control issues that come with the product, things that you didn't even know. Like we talked about the pants coming out in a longer length, um, teaching your team or your staff about something new. And so everything kind of gets affected. So how will this affect the infrastructure of your business, your website? Do you have to add another link? Do you have to call up your web designer to do it? Can you do it yourself? Do you need the time to do it? So these are just things that you want to, you want to consider because if something's working, let it ride for a minute. Like let that work make the money, set a financial goal that you're like, I want to hit this many sales or this amount of money before I even consider adding something else that's going to cost me time, money, and and really shake up the business, which will affect the quality of the business. Yeah. I think looking at quality, I think sometimes it adding product development, it, it becomes a distraction, right? People want to work on product development because they think that that's the solution when actually the solution is to think about the quality of life that you want. Someone else had said, yeah, whenever I'm sort of feeling stressed about something or I don't know what to do next, they go to their cre- their like creative spot. So a lot of you are probably creatives if you've come up with this idea of your product business. And so you're going to fall back into what, what can I actually do or make or create? Because that's fun. That's not the, f- that's not, the part that kind of stresses some people out. And, you know, in fashion, I tell clients that work with me that only 10% of the business is design. Only 10% is that initial creative part. The rest of it is everything you do with it, the manufacturing of it, the marketing of it, production, sales. I mean, sales is really the biggest thing, right? Because that's what drives the business forward. So take a look and, and, and look into yourself and say, Am I adding product because I'm scared? Am I adding product because I don't know what to do next, but I know how to make something or I know how to add something? Is that the right choice? And then you can say, well, do I have the money to do this or is this money better spent somewhere else? Do I have the time to do this or do I already feel so like stretched on time that I wish I had more time to do all the other things I'm doing, but you're just going to add something that's going to pull you away from where your energy should be spent? It's because you have that control, right? You feel in control when you're making something, when you're introducing a product, when you're coming up with that, you know, before, middle, after of actually creating something tangible, like a physical product. And it feels good because it feels like you've accomplished something. But in the end, is it really what you want to be doing? Yeah. Look at that. I mean, look at, so if you're selling or you're, you know, you're doing fine, you're chugging along, you guys should look at what else you can do? Like what are alternative ways you can sell? And I mean, that's what Mina and I work with our masterminders on. That's it. If you work with us in a strategy session, we talk about how to diversify like onto other platforms, things you may not even 
know about um, or ideas. Like we're pretty creative with our ideas of like how to sell stuff. And so those are the ideas to like try them. At some point, you may realize that it's just not a good product. That could be the case. So same thing, let's go back to fashion. When you launch a collection, so in fashion, you tend to be expected to come out with collections, right? So you're coming out with spring, summer, fall, winter, whatever whatever your seasons are. Different colors, different variations. But I talk about this to my clients a lot. Allo, it's A-L-O, the, the yoga clothing line. They made it on their moto leggings and their... Um, I think they're called their goddess leggings. Their goddess leggings have these like, they look like, like, like warmers attached to pants and their moto leggings are why everyone's wearing moto leggings. They have those like pin tucks on the knees. They have 17 or 18 colors for each of those. So they have all these collections built around it, but they will always have these key products that they are selling that they built buildings with, that they expanded with, that they were focused on initially. And then they were able to add on these other products, but you bet your bottom dollar they still have those those core products. They're not just getting rid of them. I referenced Juicy Couture. Juicy Couture was built on tracksuits. I have jeans, denim jeans from like 97 that I bought that are juicy jeans. And I still kept them because I feel like they're like a relic. Did you guys know that they did denim before they did tracksuits? Probably not. Most of you probably found out about Juicy when they did those matching velour tracksuits. And then they, got, they built an entire business on every color of tracksuits before they sold their company off, and then their company got expanded by, I forget who bought them out. So my point here is that, so fashion people have to come up with a new product, but they should continue the stuff that works. So if you've got something that sells well, they have to bring it forward into collection, into collection, into collection until it no longer sells. Now you look at their collection and let's just say they came out with like three tops and the tops aren't selling, like nobody bought them. They shouldn't go into production on it. They should drop those styles before they go into production. And if they sell wholesale and like one or two stores bought it and the majority of the stores didn't buy it, they should call up the stores and say, hey, so we're going to drop these styles from the line. They just, they weren't performing the way we had hoped, but this style is working really well. You should buy into that because the majority of the people, it's proof that if most buyers are into a certain look, then the customers will also be into that look. So you just want to pay attention to this data you're getting initially. And and you do, you want to cut down the clutter into less products. I think it's hard for people to see within their business. We see it all the time with our masterminders that they get stuck on a certain thing, but it's just because they're too close. It's just because there's so many things going on. They're wearing so many hats. They're too close to it to be able to pan out and helicopter view it where they're like, okay, this is probably how we should reframe this entire thing because that's probably how it's going to have to sell from now on. So it's not to say not to add products to your line. We just want you to consider these these questions and these points and then just think like, is it the same target market? Am I selling to the same person? You know, Do I have the funds and the time to do this? If you do and you think this is a great add-on, when people, when clients tell us like, well, everybody's asking about it. Everybody wants more of this. And like, how many people is everybody? I'm like three, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, if you have thousands of people giving you that feedback, that's one thing. And if you have three people giving you that feedback, that's nice for them. So, cause it's your money. It's what you're, you know, turning on the lights with and taking care of your family with and whatnot. So just consider this. 
Um, if you have any questions, we are on Instagram in the DM. If you want to jump over to Instagram and chat with us over there, we have a private Facebook community for product bosses where people are always talking about this and there. There's comments and support and the group that is able to really support each other through it. So we're here for you. And so whether you want to work with us, you know, in our planning like a product boss day or a strategy session or find us on social media, we're definitely here to support you in making these decisions. Yeah. Thanks everybody. And hope to see you in the Facebook group or on Instagram. Or planning like a product boss. Yeah. Planning like a product boss. Definitely. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.